what should Leeds do about the emergency of climate change? Our aim is to make sure that citizens are able to influence the policies that affect them in their neighbourhoods. Welcome to the launch of the recommendations of the Leeds Climate Change Citizens Jury. On behalf of Leeds to Council, I'd like to um, thank you for the time that you've committed to uh, take your deliberations on this really crucially important issue for the city and the country and for the globe, frankly. I'm Fatima Zainab and I'm one of 25 members randomly selected to take part in the Citizens Jury. We're seeing problems with floods, we're seeing fires around the world and it's an ongoing issue that, that has to be addressed. Across the 25 of us, one thing was common. We all had a shared love for Leeds. We were passionate about Leeds and we wanted to do right by Leeds. There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. It's the rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act, but I say, the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic. My name's Simon Moore and I'm speaking to you from the Northern Hemisphere, from Leeds in England. It's early December and there's a lot going on right now in both the region and the country. We're gearing up for general election on the 12th of December often referred to as the Brexit election. Many of us prefer to think of it as a climate election, given we're running out of time on the climate emergency. A lot of us are pretty tired of Brexit. It's been three years since the referendum. And the, the climate crisis is going to have far bigger and longer-lasting consequences. Last week, Channel 4 hosted a climate leaders debate. Two of the main political parties leaders didn't show up for that. That was Boris Johnson from the Conservative Party and Nigel Farage from the Brexit Party. But Channel 4 made quite a brilliant decision to not just empty seat them, but to have them each represented by blocks of ice with their party names carved into them they were there on screen during the whole program obviously slowly melting it was an interesting debate and some of the major parties are starting to talk about the climate emergency in the right way Labour are the main challengers to Boris Johnson's Conservative Party and climate is right at the heart of the Labour manifesto so it's quite exciting times really and that's one reason I've been out door knocking for Labour over the last couple of weeks. In Leeds we've also just finished running a climate change citizens jury. So this was a nine week process to try and understand how regular people think we should tackle the climate crisis. In a short while I'll be discussing that jury with Kate Locke from Leeds Climate Commission. That was one of the key organisations that helped set up and run the jury process. And to add to all of that, 
myself and colleagues across 60 universities in the UK have just been on strike for eight days. We're striking over two different disputes. One is about protecting our pensions and the other is to challenge our employers on four different things, which is workload, pay, pay equality, and job security. What does that higher education strike have to do with climate change? I can hear you thinking. Well, it's a similar fight in some ways because we're asking our employers to protect our working rights in the same way that a lot of us are challenging our employers to protect the climate and our right to a healthy environment. We're asking organisations to think beyond just making profit and to really make a positive impact on worker well-being as well as well-being of the environment. There's also a link because last week our workers strike here in Leeds joined forces with the climate strike on the 29th of November. It's clear to a lot of us that we won't be able to stop the worst effects of the climate crisis if we don't all come together with as many people as possible. So it's important we keep building our coalitions so they're as strong and expansive as we can possibly make them. So I wanted to start this episode with a shout out to Climactic and to Mark Spencer in particular. Producing podcasts for this collective has helped give me the confidence to speak about the climate more publicly. And last week at the climate strike, I gave my first speech at one of these events. It was to around 100 people, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that for you shortly. So this was on the steps of the kind of main building at the University of Leeds where I work, where I was on strike. And this was just before we marched into town to join the the main kind of climate strikers there. The other people I should thank for giving me the confidence or the motivation to, to give this speech were the kids that I've seen in Leeds and in other cities giving really inspiring speeches about the climate and about the future and really just laying it all out there for people to see and showing vulnerability but also real kind of leadership in terms of giving their views on the situation we're in. So here's my speech from last week. so many of you out here today standing up for what you believe in. I feel like many of you that we have no choice now but to to strike and to rebel and to show people that we have had enough. We must stop humanity from sleepwalking into climate chaos. I'd firstly like to thank you all for, for being here today. As Greta Thunberg would say, We do not want to be here. We are here because we are worried. We would much rather be out enjoying our lunch breaks, 
going to school, going to lectures, going to work. But we're here because our leaders are failing us. I just want to share a few reasons that have a few a few things that have inspired me just this week. Firstly, I've been inspired by joining the UCU strikes. The strikes have shown me the power of solidarity, of social movements, and obviously we've we've seen that already with the the youth climate strikes, which is one of the reasons we're all here today. I also have been inspired by climate action on university campuses around the world. In addition to the Manchester students that Julia spoke about earlier, sitting in for seven days, over in America there was uh, a big American football game between the universities of Yale and Harvard and students and staff at half time invaded the pitch disrupted the game for an hour police had to remove them and again that was to demand that Yale and Harvard divest from the fossil fuel industries As many of you will know, the fossil fuel industries have known about climate change, known that they have been contributing to it for decades and decades and decades. During that time, they have been lying to us. They have been lobbying and paying politicians to allow them to continue to profit and burn our planet. Changes we make here at universities can have ripple effects out into the wider world. So it's important that we do everything we can at our institutions, um, and that's what we are going to try to do. I'm also feeling inspired because this week uh, I was lucky enough to be involved with the first ever Leeds Climate Change Citizens Jury. This Citizens Jury was made up of 25 regular people from Leeds that were selected to represent the demographics of the population of Leeds and also people's views on climate change. So there were many people in this group of 25 that were not particularly concerned about climate change. They met once a week for nine weeks and heard from 24 different commentators about what Leeds needs to do about climate change. On Monday this week they announced 12 pretty impressive and bold recommendations for what the City of Leeds now needs to go and do. You can go and read those 12 recommendations online, but I'd just like to leave you with their opening statement that was read out on Monday by this jury, uh, and which I think really illustrates how regular people can become engaged in climate change and engaged in the the solutions that we need to find as a society. So I'll just leave you with the jury's statement. Climate change is not someone else's problem. So at this point in my speech, I kind of brought it to a close by reading out the Leeds Citizens Jury's opening statement. But I thought instead of hearing me say it, I thought you would prefer to hear it directly from the jury. So here it is, this was recorded a week last Monday 
when the jury announced their, their recommendations of how Leeds tackles the climate emergency. Climate change is not someone else's problem. It won't go away or get better if we ignore it. We are facing a climate change emergency. Immediate and urgent action is required. Everyone from Leeds City Council, individuals, politicians, businesses, community groups and other organisations has their part to play. Every action counts. We are a diverse group, unified in our passion to resolve this issue. We have had the opportunity to challenge our own and each other's perceptions. We have concluded that we are, not at, that we are at crisis point. We believe our recommendations can make Leeds a better place to live as well as addressing climate change. We don't have all the answers, but we hope our recommendations will go some way towards tackling the problem. Leeds led the world in the Industrial Revolution. We believe the city can now lead an environmental revolution. So that was a bit of a taster of the Leeds Citizens Jury. But here to tell us more about it is a good friend of mine, Kate Locke. Kate, thanks very much for joining me for a chat today. So Kate Locke is a communications officer for the Leeds Climate Commission who organised the Citizens Jury. Kate's been an environmental campaigner for a number of years and uh, some, she's someone that I've worked quite closely with in, in the last couple of years, which has been fantastic. So Kate, do you want to start by telling people who you are and what you do? Okay, so as you say, I'm the comms officer for the Leeds Climate Commission. And that job started back in 2017 when the Climate Commission started. But that's the Climate Commission has evolved to be part of a bigger project, which is called the Place-Based Climate Action Network. That's funded by the ESRC. And so I'm also, that's, part, that's my main job now and the Climate Commission's part of that. So I do loads of comms, loads of engagement. Um, it's all around climate action on the ground, which is what I absolutely love doing. Brilliant. And so, so the, we've heard a little bit already about the citizens' jury. How, how did that come about exactly? So um, listeners might be aware of the fact that Extinction Rebellion has been really pushing for citizens' assemblies. Um, that's, one of, that's one of their demands, and I think that's really raised, raised the profile of um, deliberative democracy and the participatory process. So I think that's the context, that's the kind of wider context in which it's taken place. Um, Leeds has declared a climate emergency and council did that in March of this year um, and as a result of that the council's been running something called the Big Leeds Climate Conversation that started in the middle of July and that's um, just finished in fact and they've been doing an online survey and they've been engaging with citizens through that online survey and through events and, and other, other ways but the Climate Commission wanted to have um, more of an in-depth look at the issues that were being raised um, so uh, the uh, citizens' jury was a way that we could do that. And there were academics at the university, uh, particularly Professor Paul Chatterton, who uh, from our future leads, and he, um, and uh, he was very keen on it as well. So and he's part of the climate commission, so he was pushing for it, and we thought this is a really good thing to do. So that that was kind of the context of the, the wider context of Extinction Rebellion, but I mean specifically leads consulting on uh, with citizens. So the citizens jury is a mini public uh, of, of a mini sort of representative sample of leads, and so using them to, to to look into the issues and say what to 
how do um, people in Leeds think that the city should respond to the climate emergency? So really it has been a kind of direct response to some of to, to the third demand of Extinction Rebellion. Is, has that been kind of acknowledged as part of the process or is it just that's just kind of background? I think that I think you could say that's the wider framing. I think specifically this is being done as part of we've managed to get the funding sort of through a research project to do this. So specifically this is an engagement in Leeds, but I don't know that it would have happened without the wider framing and the push from Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'd even heard of a citizen's jury before a year or two ago before no. Extinction Rebellion started talking yeah. about it. No, so. I hadn't, no. So what, what then were the, the aims of, of this citizen's jury in Leeds? Well, they had an overarching question, which was to address, address the question of what should Leeds do about the emergency of climate change. Um, and... Really, it was up to them to decide, to come up with some recommendations for this. So they were taken through a process, working with uh, expert commentators. Um, so to some extent, we started them off, gave them a grounding um, with, with commentators from the university in climate change and the situation in Leeds, and then looking at the international context. But after that, it was up to them to decide what were the things that were most important for them to look at. So they chose housing, they chose transport, they chose communications and community involvement, uh, they looked at finance. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, it was, the process was guided by professional facilitators from Shared Future CIC. And, you know, they do the job brilliantly. And, um, but it, it's all about the jurors at the end of the day coming up with their own, you know, ask, deciding what are the important things for them and then coming up with their own set of recommendations. And am I right in thinking that outside of London, this is the first one in the UK? We started before the others. There's a whole load of them going on now. But uh, yeah, outside of London, we were the first one to start a citizen's jury. And in fact, I think most other places are doing assemblies, which tend to be bigger over perhaps a shorter time period. So yeah, we squeaked in there as the first citizen's <laughs> jury <laughs> outside of the UK, outside of London in the UK. Yep. But again, it's exciting that there's more... This isn't the only one. There's, there's lots of others. Come, again, it, it, it kind of points to Extinction Rebellion that the, the same kind of things are popping up all around the country. Yeah, right? well, of course, we've just had the Oxford Citizens' Assembly on Climate Change. So even though they started after us, they managed to get their, their recommendations out a couple of days before us. Um, Lancaster, I think, is doing one. And then, of course, we've got the national, I mean, a national Citizens' Assembly on Climate Change. You know, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it's not happened yet, but it's going to it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and I think the important thing to clarify on on the national front is that it's being run by the select committees that scrutinise government as opposed to government running it mm. themselves. Yeah. So I think we still we still have a way to go. And Extinction mm. Rebellion would say that their third demand is not being met by this national citizens assembly, but it's going in the right direction mm. um, and that's something we'll maybe talk about later which is how effective the recommendations then are at, yeah. at changing how the world works sure. and how, yeah. how policy works yeah so just because there are multiple different ways of doing this kind of thing do you want to just talk us through what what happened in the jury process here in Leeds with just with selecting the jurors you mean 
and also the the experience that that they had yeah. as, as being part of it. Yeah. So it was really important, as I said, that we had a representative sample um, of the population of Leeds, and that we, and, and that includes like ethnicity, gender, uh, disability, you know, where people come from in Leeds. Um, and so that was we had an oversight panel as well that's important to say and in fact Extinction Rebellion were along with a lot of other groups and organisations represented on the oversight panel we also had someone from Youth Strike um, you know we also had someone from the Chamber of Commerce uh, Yorkshire Water the council so we had a, um, a Medina Town movement and uh, Leeds uh, Racial Justice Network so we had a wide range of groups and organisations on an oversight committee and that was to make sure the process was transparent and fair um, and also to help select the commentators as well so they were the context and the oversight um, panel helped to really um, steer the the selection process in terms of when we sat down and said, well, you know what, how do we want to go about this? I mean, Shared Future do use Sortition Foundation um, to do the actual kind of do the, you know, send out the letters. But um, the oversight panel wanted to make sure that voices aren't normally heard um, that are unre- underrepresented in, in the dis- discussions on climate change were heard. So we actually made an effort to make sure that um, certain groups were kind of, you know, represented, almost o- not overrepresented, but represented more than they possibly would normally be. Uh, just to add also that attitudes to climate change was also an important part of the selection. So, um, and I think that was taken from a national database to make sure that when we made our final selection, it wasn't all people who were going, yeah, we're really concerned about climate change. I mean, a proportion, I think it was around a quarter, were not, you know, at the start, either not very concerned or, you know, even sceptical. So it was really making sure that we had those those voices from, you know, across, across society. And when we talked to the council about this, this is being done independently of, of the council, but council members were extremely interested in it. And they were really at pains to say, we hope you're not just getting middle-class people who can afford to take the afternoon off. And we really had to show and persuade them that that was not the case. You know, this is um, a really diverse group of people. And they've been working in the evenings and they've been compensated for their time and had their travel expenses paid. So what we've ended up with is, is is a diverse group of people who've committed to taking part in this process over nine sessions and I think that's a huge commitment I mean you know they, they weren't recompensed very much for that for that time um, in terms of you know they were given some shopping vouchers for it but you know to commit to it was eight evenings for I think two and a half or three hours plus a full evening on a on a Sunday doing recommendations so it was a huge amount of commitment in terms of their time um, and we were just so that was the process. They were selected. Letters went out across Leeds, um, and they was people who wanted to take part responded to these letters. They had to fill in a short questionnaire, and then there was a sifting process from that. Yeah. So we um, we selected twenty five. I don't think that twenty five completely stayed with it. That's normal. I think we ended up with a regular cohort of twenty one or something like that. Yeah, and and you kindly invited me in uh, about halfway through that nine weeks, and I, I got to come along and and see those those evening sessions i think the my kind of my reaction to it was um i think similar to to some of the the people that had come along from the oversight panel who who got to come in and kind of observe for for a couple of sessions um, and i think what what was quite powerful was that speaking to some of the jurors they 
some of them actually likened it to being on a normal jury um, and, that, and they'd had experience of that and that was one of the reasons they'd, they'd said yes to it. Um, but I think I was also really impressed how empowered they all felt mm. by, by being asked to give their opinions and their recommendations and to take part in this process. Mm. A lot of people who generally wouldn't be that interested in the topic suddenly were, were yeah, like you say, were, were committed to be able to say, we will, I will spend my time on this and I will really kind of consider and, and have, have these good discussions with, with others in the room because it's, import, it's important. I think that getting that across to the jury was, um, was probably done before I got there in some of the earlier sessions, but uh, I think that, that made the process all the more powerful because they felt like their, their actions were going to make a difference. Mm. I think that's it. I think they. I got the sense when I went down there and, and observed and helped out, and we were both there. The the sense of responsibility that they that they felt on behalf of the people of Leeds was really strong, and that absolutely carried through to the end and was very very clear when they delivered their recommendations. So I'd just like to pause at this point in my conversation with Kate Locke and let you hear again directly from members of the citizens' jury. I was fortunate at the launch event to be able to sit down and chat to them about their experience of the process and their key messages for the people of Leeds. I got involved because for future generations, really. I learned a lot. I didn't realise the impact eating meat all the time had, which I'm absolutely ashamed. I thought, you know, how didn't I realise that? So yeah, I didn't know that there were actually a climate emergency in Leeds, so I was a little bit intrigued and I thought, well, why not, we'll give it a whirl. And I went along and just to see what were, what were going on, really. And yeah. And with it being an issue that was important, I thought well, I'd like to get involved, if possible, just to find out the facts for myself and um, get a better understanding of something that I see in the media on a regular basis. Looking back, I wouldn't have thought it would be my cup of tea. But yeah, it's been an absolute, it's like I say, it's been an education and eye-opener. It's been a lot of fun and it's, and it's yeah, it's certainly been an education. I think the biggest message for the citizens of Leeds is that it's the individual's action that matters. It's about the individual not only changing stuff in their own lives, but making sure that they pressure their councillors, politicians, even local businesses to actually look at climate change as a serious issue and that probably will entail them adopting some of our uh, recommendations which we've given. Um, now that we've launched recommendations, their hope and expectation is that they will be carried through by the local authority, bigger organisations that have their power and influence to make an impact and make the things that we've recommended happen. We don't want to preach to people. You know, because I think people are allowed to make their own decisions. But I think a lot of people are educated and they don't realise, you know, exactly what's going on. So I think we just need to stand up and just, you know, talk to people. I think everybody just needs to talk to each other about the issue. I think the jury's main message to the people of Leeds is, yes, we do face an emergency. Climate change is real. It affects all of us equally. Um, what but we don't see it as just a problem. It's actually a good opportunity for us to really sort of help develop Leeds and make Leeds a much better place to live. Face-to-face -face engagement and talking to people in terms of 
their understanding of the issue. So instead of saying green spaces to absorb CO2, say green spaces to make the city nicer and cleaner instead. It's been a life-changing, a life-changing process for me, just sort of being exposed to so many different perspectives. Usually we're all sort of in our little communities, in our little bubbles. We're not really sort of exposed to so many different perspectives. And just learning about the different challenges each other place. So from, from, from that, I've learned a lot. I also managed to catch up with Professor Andy Gouldson, who is the chair of the Leeds Climate Commission, and then Professor Paul Chatterton from the Leeds Climate Commission and our future leads. I had a quick chat with them about their reactions to the launch event and the next steps for these recommendations. Honestly, I've had tingles down my spine most of the evening. It's really exciting. You know, for all of us folk who are working on, on climate change, this year has been incredible. I mean, really positive, but also really intense. And I think we're getting to the end of the year and we're all feeling a bit exhausted. And to come to something like this and to hear back in such straightforward terms, such inspirational statements from, from you know, the broader public, including people that we'd love to hear more from, but for some reasons we, we, we don't hear enough of, for them to say in such a clear kind of um, inspirational way exactly what they think should be happening it's it's really exciting and it will give us a massive shot in the arm for next year to you know to to think harder and and work harder about how we take all this forward and turn what they have said they want to see happen into into real change in the city so what we've seen in this launch event and from the uh, the jury is almost a new kind of politics, but one that's fitting for a climate emergency. Some really engaged, thoughtful and deliberative responses, uh, which can be super useful for the city as they respond to the emergency of climate change. So I think the next steps of these recommendations is talking and listening. So we start to understand each other. There's nearly 800,000 of us in this city. We're not, we need to think and understand what the big issues are, be it the airport, be it using less cars, eating less meat, those kinds of things, recycling more. We need to understand what the concerns and what the limits are and then work towards those in our workplaces, in our homes, in our communities. I think what we've seen tonight is just the beginning of a process. I think we could start to roll out these citizens' juries in workplaces and in, in and Leeds' many communities right across our very big and diverse city. I think we've seen some really exciting proposals tonight across um, the potential for free public-owned buses to insulate all our homes, to make them affordable and tackle fuel poverty, to increase recycling rates, to get the message out. I think we've seen a brilliant basket of uh, solutions which could make our city a green, fairer and beautiful place to live. So a week ago, we had the kind of launch event of, of their recommendations. Do you want to just talk us through some of the kind of key recommendations and perhaps talk us through some of the potentially more controversial ones that, that really show why the jury process was necessary? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, transport was really the, um, the, the, the key focus, not just transport, but that was the number one. I just should explain about the voting process. Um, I think at the, at the end of the um, process, when they came up with their recommendations, they got to vote. I think there were 12 recommendations they'd collectively decided on. Then they got seven votes each. So th those weren't in any order, but that meant that there was a ranking of these recommendations based on the ones that got the most votes. So the, the number one recommendation was around transport. And I think it's, it's really exciting to see that... Um, 
that they actually say that they want to um, make that um, the use of private cars should be a last resort for transportation. I think that's really, really significant. Uh, and then they give us a priority to start off with, which is, as a priority, bus provision uh, should be taken back within public control. Um, so that, you know, I know from the conversations we had, they were really concerned about transport as a key issue. And they've actually put measures like um, congestion charge into some of the bullet points of their recommendations. You know, that's that's a little bit controversial, more than a little bit controversial, really. That's just gone in there. Um, so they've put in a, a, a sort of... Um, a number of recommendations around transport, but it's all around, you know, getting and absolutely reducing the use of private cars and increasing the use of public transport. So that's the, that's the number one. That's the number one um, recommendation that got the most votes. Um, housing and energy efficiency of existing housing stock. Leeds has got a huge amount of. Um, old houses that need insulating and so they said all existing housing should be made energy efficient that was a really big thing and you know it's going to mean a big program of retrofitting but it's exactly what the city needs so it's great that they recognize that um communication i think this is one of the things that surprised me third on the list of their recommendations of all of the things communication they said leads must act together uh, and there needs to be a large-scale communications drive in leads um, through all possible means, basically, and including education in schools, which is hugely important. Um, so I think the fact that they've sort of linked that with, um, you know, the necessity for individuals, community and organisational action at all levels means it, I'm so pleased that they're not just saying the council's got to do everything. You know, they're looking at everybody and everybody's got a role um, and, you know, and, and in organisations as well. So that was a really big thing for them from the start in fact I think and I think you know we both got that feeling didn't we which is key and I think from what some of them have said to me afterwards you know I didn't realize this one of them said oh I didn't realize it was a climate emergency so we we need to you know they recognize it's key and they're very keen to get that message out there um suite of a suite of measures around funding and finance which are really important to, to make these things happen um more locally devolved power. Uh, we recommend that political groups in Leeds and the Yorkshire regions should work together. Um, that would be good. <laughs> we'll see if that one happens. Uh, important, though, to, um, to get things moving. Uh, more about future-proving uh, new housing um, and um, creating more green spaces. And I think another thing that I think I really like was um, a call for a Leeds Green New Deal. So we've heard a lot about that at a national level. Some political parties are talking about it, but this is a, a non-political, lead-specific um, Green New Deal, uh, a set of social and economic policies to stimulate the development of low-carbon solutions, create jobs, boost the economy. So, I mean, that's great. I really like that. And then, going to your question about the controversial ones, one, um, I think the most... Um, controversial one and the one when I saw these recommendations beforehand I went sort of <gasps> because it's because from my point of view I think it's great and actually when they announced this in the room I think there was a little there was a little gasp and a cheer wasn't there yeah, yeah. Um, we recommend stopping Leeds Bradford airport expansion it's not compatible with zero carbon targets to make this recommendation happen Leeds City Council should not approve new road building or selling land to develop and residents should block expansion and be educated about the impact of carbon of the carbon footprint. Now, 18 out of 21 jury citizens jury members 
believe that it is the wrong decision to expand Leeds Bradford Airport um, to abstained. And then they also said, we believe flying must be discouraged by, for example, a frequent flyer tax based on income and number of flights and location, and also advertising holidays in the UK rather than abroad. Um, but I think the fact that they came down so strongly um, about like, stopping, stopping the expansion of the airport. And, you know, one of them said to me afterwards, um, you know, if, 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 we don't, if they don't do this, then what, you know, what's been the point of us doing this? You know, because the carbon budget of the city is going to be blown within just a few years. It makes all our recommendations pointless. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that brings us on to, to what, what happens next. Mm-hmm. So, last week we had a room full of kind of key, key people from mm-hmm. the city of Leeds, really. Um, there was a lot of excitement in the air. There was um, generally quite a good response to, to, to hearing these recommendations. Mm-hmm. But but how do we... How do we move forward and how do we how do we ensure that that these are kind mm. of acted upon mm. so i think first of all even having said that these are recommendations for the city the lead city council is going to be absolutely key to this and um, council members were there the executive member with the portfolio for climate change councillor lisa mulheron was there and also councillor neil warshaw who chairs the lead city council climate emergency uh, advisory committee and so council members were there and other council members were there as well. So first of all, they were there, they've received these. They didn't respond to them at the time, um, but the recommendations are going to be presented formally to the Climate Emergency Advisory Committee in January. I think it's the 13th, but I'm not quite sure. Um, so it's on the agenda. And that committee, which is a cross-party committee, is the committee that makes recommendations to the council executive. So. It is going through, it will be going through the process within the council. Um, secondly, uh, I mentioned the Big Leads climate conversation, which has been going on throughout the summer and has just finished. Now, at the moment, a report's being compiled by officers based on all of the consultations and all the things that went on. Um, and that will also be presented to council members, I think, at the end of this year or the start of next year, I'm not quite sure. And the recommendations of the jurors are going into that so um, so it's going to be going into and that and that is going to feed into an action plan for the city the council is now in a stage when it's compiling basically a, an action plan from now to 2030 to say this is how we're going to do this so those recommendations are going to be fed into that action plan um, we're also going to be presenting to and hopefully a couple of the jurors can come and do this as well at a special event that for council members and stakeholders in early February. So there's lots going on there. I think we as a climate commission need to hold a meeting to say, because we've said we'll be guided by their recommendations. So you know we need to sit back and our next meeting at this, our strategy group coming up needs to be, how are we, you know, how are we going to do this? Um, the recommendation about stopping Leeds Bradford Airport is very timely because we've just produced a position paper um, looking at that very issue. Um, so, so yes, I mean, I think this has got to you know inform our plans going forward. We've got organisations, I think, around 32 organisations now involved with the Climate Commission. It's growing all the time. Um, and so making sure that the, especially these big organisations... That are, we know that there's, you know, 
around 10 to a dozen sort of you know key emitters in the city that are responsible for something like 15% of Leeds's emissions so we need to make sure that they're all listening to it and they're taking this on board and we've got to um, look at this communications campaign and see how we can deliver that I'd be very keen um, to continue to work with the jurors and I am in contact with them now I mean they've already been asked to do stuff um, we had them on the radio the other day one of them on the radio the other day on a phone in on climate change um, and I keep, I'm already getting requests for uh, jurors to, to do things so it's going to be up to the jurors to decide if they want to continue on in a voluntary capacity but I, I, I think a lot of them do want to do that they have become ambassadors I think um, for the city I mean um, what they've done and, and the way they've engaged with it and the fact that they want to carry on so um, there's lots to plan next year. As you say, this is the start of a process. It's been, it's been tremendously exciting um, and a real journey for how far we've got, but the next stage starts now. And just to, just to bring back in a, an Extinction Rebellion uh, viewpoint again. Um, so I think, I think you're right. I think that we, we definitely got that sense that the jury felt, now felt empowered, felt like, mm. now I know this, I, I can't just live my life as I was before um, quite a lot of them were talking about di- different behavioural change that they were doing just within the nine weeks um, and going out and advocating and talking to, to their communities about it um, so, so I think there's definitely a role to play for them for them going forwards um, but it just one of the, the final things on, on their kind of be, beyond their 12 recommendations they, they talked about continuing mm. the jury process and maybe adding some more members and uh, I was talking uh, talking about that with with uh, some friends of mine from Extinction Rebellion and they'd been to, to a session on, on citizens assemblies or, or juries and there, there was actually a, there was actually a strong argument for not having the same people on a jury in in future which is essentially the partly to do with anonymity which obviously we, we preserved right up to the point where they, they announced the recommendations but I think it's it, there's also a good argument that they have they have now a lot of them have now almost crossed to the other side of being concerned about climate change um, now being ambassadors for, mm. for ac- climate action mm. um, which means that if you had if if a future jury was the same twenty one people plus another five or ten, mm. it would be completely skewed mm. towards people that that think in this way. So uh, I think that's something to to bear in mind for for future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's various ways we could do this, and if they and to my mind, and I'm just throwing ideas out. I mean, one thing we could do is the climate. I mean, the the existing jurors can be you know start off being um a kind of a, a branch or a, or a group of, of, the, of the climate commission, so that we've got a citizens, a citizens kind of group that that starts with with them and, and builds up as we take in, as and involve more citizens. Um, but I think you're right. I think um, bringing new people into the process now would be is is really important, um, and 
yes, they've asked for progress reports, which is the other thing I didn't I forgot to mention. And that's fabulous because, you know, I mean, that relationship does continue because they're holding the city to account. So I think they almost become like a kind of a kind of scrutiny, advisory kind of grouping that, you know, if they want to be, it's all about whether they want to do it. But um, they definitely have a continuing role in that, um, as, as you say. And I think bringing new people, um, you know, doing a new jury would be great. One of the issues with doing this process is that we've worked with, as I said, trained facilitators. Um, it's not a cheap process. Uh, and, you know, we got some research money to do it. Um, but how we facilitate this process going forward and other cities have already and other local authorities have already come to us and said, we'd love to do this. How did you do it? And and we tell them and then we say, yes, but it cost us £30,000, basically which is an awful lot of money, but that's paying the facilitators, it's, it's, it's paying the jurors' expenses, it's a whole process that's gone on there. So it's not been cheap to do, um, but it's been really worthwhile. But in terms of finding that money to do it again, that's not very practical. So we've got to find other ways to do this. If, if someone else listening wanted to run a jury like this, what, what would be your kind of top tips Okay, I think um, the first thing is really you do need to do it with um, a trained facilitator. Uh, well, first of all, that helps enormously because they, first of all, they did a lot of the work that we wouldn't have had time to do, but they really know what they're doing. And it's really essential that the process is kind of unbiased and that people's voices are heard fairly and all of that. So you need people who are really trained to do that kind of facilitation. And I should just say Shared Future CIC, which is the um, company that we worked with, and they do a lot of this. Um, they've now got some funding to do a sort of guide, which is hopefully be produced by the end of next year, if, if not before. And they're going to have some case studies in it. I think Leeds is going to be one of them. But there's going to basically kind of a bit of a kind of how-to guide for groups and um, local authorities who want to get involved in, in this process because it can be done at different, at different levels. There are assemblies, there are juries, uh, and, and we know that, you know, people aren't always going to have the resources that we've been fortunate to have, you know, to have the funding, for example, through our research project. So there will be some help um, in the future um, from Shared Future, but yeah. you're going to need to get your local, probably, you know, for it to be effective, you know, it's it's got to be taken seriously, and that means you really need to get, you know, your local authority involved. You I mean you really want to sort of get sort of the broad political kind of backing for it? I think because that's the framework it is inevitably eventually going to feed into, and it's talking to you. You know, who are the? You know, is there a university where you you know use the universities, chambers of commerce, um, uh, faith groups? Um, big charities, you know, it's 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 a it's a big thing to do. But at the same time, this is this is how this whole kind of collaborative coming together deliberative process starts. And just taking a step back from what we've done with this process over the last three months or so, just on a on a kind of wider time frame of yourself being involved in action on climate change. How pivotal do you think a citizen's jury process could be in, in us taking positive steps forward? Because mm. we've kind of been lacking them for, for mm. a long time, haven't mm. we? I think it goes back to 
why we started the climate commission is why we realized that you know local authorities by themselves can't do this not just because of austerity and we've got you know 10 years of the cuts and everything but just because the a the you know the problem involves everybody and the solution involves everybody um at the moment we have a a, a system of democracy that's based on sort of you know national government local government um but we can see now i'm seeing i have seen such a change not just in Leeds, but in York, where I live, um, in terms of how local councils are sort of reshaping to um, to sort of bring in uh, bring in more people. So uh, it's it's early days, but you know the fact that they are asking people, you know, to come in and, and you know speak to committees and things like that. But we have to grow. I think we have to grow this process because the process that we've got at the moment is too cumbersome. And, and slow and you know um, but yeah we, we are struggling with the process but I see that well, the thing I see is the changes happen so quickly in the space of literally a few months there's been such such rapid change and these climate emergency declarations and these challenging targets these challenging targets that cities are setting themselves so many local authorities have now gone for a 2030 net zero target UK target being 2050 at the moment so big discrepancy um, and so 10 years to pull this off. So councils are really, really wrestling with how they're going to do it because, you know, having having made these commitments. So that is really accelerating the process. So I don't know what's going to come out of it yet, but I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, that real groundswell of people wanting to get involved is so strong. We're getting people contacting us at the Climate Commission all the time going, what can we do? How can we get involved? And, and, you know, we haven't got the resource to kind of almost bring them in at the moment. And we really need mechanisms to connect all these people who want to be involved with this action on the ground, but also linking it up with action across the city and the whole, you know, um, democracy process. We're finding out. We're finding out. Yeah. So plenty still to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks very much for, for taking the time to, to chat with me today. A pleasure. Thank you very much. So once again, thanks to Kate Locke for the excellent discussion about the Leeds Citizens Jury. We'll keep you updated. The, the recommendations have just come out. As Kate was saying, we're obviously hoping that the recommendations get listened to and acted upon by the council in particular, but also other organisations. So stay tuned. Uh, I will do my best to uh, give you all an update in the coming months and uh, hopefully we can use that as a bit of an example of of how these things can work in other cities in in the UK and and around the world. Do do get in touch with myself or with the Leeds Climate Commission if if you're interested in running one of these things. I I know it's not something that many of us will have run before so uh, it's good to make sure people are getting good advice from, from people that have experience of it. I'd just like to finish up by saying uh, thank you to you all for listening. Hopefully it's useful hearing, hearing insights from from the Northern Hemisphere. It's always great hearing what, what's happening down, down under in Australia. So thank, thank you all very much for listening. Thanks to Mark again for having me on the show uh, and also for his help producing this episode. It is much appreciated. So thank you all very much for listening and I hope you have a great day, as Mark would say. Cheers.
Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective. Collective.